the clearest and most extensive statement of repentance in the Bible. David's prayer of repentance after committing adultery with Bathsheba and murdering her husband Uriah at the hands of Joab. But all the guilt was David's. The psalm deserves sermons because every verse is full of meaning and practical value for us. But we're going to read it together and then comment briefly on it. It will fit well with what we want to consider this day. Let us stand together and read Psalm 51 in unison. Together. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me throughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, Open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. And shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. Amen and amen. You may be seated.
thank you, blessed God, for Psalm 51. Aggravated adultery and murder. We could call it aggravated murder because it was a murder of one of his friends. Uriah was one of David's 37 chosen men that accompanied him for years while he ran from Saul, accompanied him in his battles against the Philistines. When you read that list of great and mighty men, you find Uriah there, number 37, included in that small band out of the millions of Judah and Israel, one of his friends. We call it aggravated adultery because David had a whole harem of women. And when confronted about his sin, the Lord approached it that way. Did I, did I not give you wives that you already have? Did I not already give you Saul's wives? Would I not have given you any other eligible woman that you would have wanted in this nation? But you took another man's wife. Are the words of the Lord through Nathan the prophet to David. But in spite of that, this prayer is offered up to God. Even though David was a very guilty adulterer and murderer, and the Lord heard the prayer. The Lord heard the prayer, forgave him, restored the joy of his salvation, kept him in his throne, left him as a prophet of God, and fulfilled numerous blessings toward him so that throughout the Old Testament, when we read of prophecies of Jesus the Messiah coming, he's referred to as David or the son of David. And when Jesus was here in the New Testament, he was referred to as the son of David. There was no shame in the Lord Jesus Christ to be the son of David the adulterer and the murderer because David the adulterer and the murderer repented and Psalm 51 is the words, are the words of his heart. And God received those words. Look quickly at it with me. Have mercy upon me, O God, is the first verse. According to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. He knows that there is only one reason, one basis, one source for his forgiveness. It's God's mercy. There's no excusing it. There's no explaining it. There's no justifying his sin. It's going to be the great mercy and forgiveness and loving kindnesses of the Lord for his forgiveness. Verse 2, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. He doesn't divert attention anywhere else. He knows where it came from. He's not blaming Bathsheba. He's not blaming his wives. He's not blaming anyone else. He's blaming himself. Mine iniquity, my sin. Verse 3, for I acknowledge it. I'm not trying to hide it or excuse it. I'm not running from you. I acknowledge my transgression. My sin is ever before me. These are the words of a truly repentant person. And when a person's words do not line up with Psalm 51, their repentance is suspect. This is repentance in words. Now we're going to look at repentance in works as well, because we're to bring forth works meet for repentance. But these are words. And if you look closely at these words, they say everything that should be said by a repentant person. Verse 4, against thee, thee only, have I sinned. And Lord, because I've sinned against you, you are just and righteous in whatever you say against me and whatever judgment you bring against me. Is what that fourth verse is there for. 
You are clear. I am wrong. You are righteous. No matter what you do, I deserve it because of my sin. That there's a man humble before God, willing to take whatever God is going to dish out to him. He did not say that he had sinned against Bathsheba. He did not say he had sinned against Uriah. He did not say he had sinned against his wives, the nation of Israel, or anyone else, because his sins against them in comparison to his sin against God was nothing. The only thing that makes adultery wrong is God said, thou shalt not commit adultery. Right. It's not a woman. It's not the standards of society. It's because God said it. The only thing that makes murder wrong is because God said, thou shalt not kill. There's a lot of times when you think that murder just might be the solution. But because God said, thou shalt not kill, and David knew that, and David went to the right source, went to the right one, and said the right words here when he admitted that his sin was against God. Verse 5, David even confessed the fact that he was conceived in sin. He had a sin nature. And this is part of holy praying, to admit that you have a sin nature. He says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. He isn't using that as an excuse. He's telling the Lord, I have a whole lot to be forgiven for. I am a sinner through and through, but for your grace that keeps me from other presumptuous sins. Have mercy upon me. Verse 6, Thou desirest truth in the inward parts. I know that you're not looking for public performance from me. I know that you're not looking just for outward words from me. You want it in my insides. And see, here's a man truly repentant. He knows what God's looking for. It's not for a public performance. It's for a new heart inside. Thou desirest truth in the inward parts. It's not enough for me to say I love truth outwardly. I better love truth inwardly because that's what you desire and you're looking for. If you'll purge me and cleanse me, I'll be whiter than snow, he says in verse 7. Because he knows where real forgiveness comes from. Verse 8, O Lord, make me to hear joy and gladness again. Was there ever a man in Israel that loved joy and gladness more than David? Was there a, was there a man that loved to worship the Lord, sing praises to him, dance with all his might like David? David's given to us an example because of that. But he had lost that because of his sin. You can't be joyful and glad in the Lord when you're carrying unconfessed sin. It separates between you and your God. There is no joy. The Holy Spirit is quenched that gives joy. So David prays, make me to hear joy and gladness. And the implication is again because you know the word of God. Make me to hear joy and gladness again, like I once did. I haven't heard it in a long time. That the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. This is a spiritual verse. David did not have literal bones broken, but his soul was broken. His life was broken. He was heartbroken over his sin. And he wants that restored so that he can be joyful once again in God's presence, walking with God. He says in verse 9, Oh Lord, hide your face from my sins. Don't look at them. Don't think about them. Blot out all mine iniquities. Don't let this come between you and me. Take it away. Hide thy face from it. Give me a clean heart, O Lord, in verse 10, and renew a right spirit within me. 
Isn't this something that David would pray that? God is able to give a clean heart and a new spirit. And God will give a clean heart and a new spirit when you pray for it. But the fact that David's already praying for it shows that he already was in the process of restoration to a new heart and a clean spirit. But he's still praying for it because he wants more. He knows that his heart needs to be totally renovated and changed, renewed by God in order for him to live pleasing to the Lord. So he prays that prayer in verse 10. It's a prayer that we ought to pray that God would give us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. He says in verse 11, don't cast me away from your presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Don't separate us. This is a man who is showing that his relationship with God is more important than his relationship with anyone else. He doesn't say, don't let me lose my other wives. Big deal. In comparison. He doesn't say, Lord, don't let me lose my children. Big deal. In comparison. He says, Lord, don't let me lose my relationship with you. That is the big deal. And that is where true repentance is focused. It's focused on the relationship with God. It's not sorry because there might be a little bit of trouble in this life. It's sorry because it's offended the God of heaven. It's not sorry because it got caught. It's sorry because it offended the God of heaven. This is a prayer of repentance. And it's put in the Bible for us to learn what real repentance sounds like. Verse 11, he says, Don't cast me away from thy presence because thy presence is everything to me. Didn't, he, didn't Asaph say in Psalm 73, Whom have I in heaven or in earth beside thee? David and Asaph thought the same way. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me, because without thy Holy Spirit I am nothing but a barren wilderness. Without the life-giving sustenance of the river of living waters called the Holy Spirit of God, David knew that. He says, Restore to me the joy of salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. I have no joy in me. The sin didn't provide any joy. Nothing provides joy, though, King of Israel. Restore that joy in your salvation. And uphold me with your Holy Spirit, thy free spirit. Verse 13, if you'll do these things, if you'll purge me, if you'll cleanse me, if you'll give me a new heart again and renew my spirit, then this is what I'll do for you. This is repentance. Because repentance is always looking to do something great for God. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. If you'll restore me and forgive me, then I will press righteousness in my kingdom. I will teach. Men will be converted. And I will promote your kingdom. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I want to remind you, what did Saul of Tarsus say when he met the Lord Jesus Christ? Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Because that's a repentant man. It's looking for anything that God would ask of it, I'll do it. Because it knows that its very life and its relationship with God is totally dependent on His forgiveness. And if God will forgive, then it will serve. Saul of Tarsus served, and David was willing to serve, and God used his service. Verse 14, he says, deliver me from blood guiltiness. He had Uriah's blood dripping from his hands. Because he had written a letter to Joab and given him specific instructions on how to have Uriah killed in battle so that it would look like a military accident. 
or just a military death. KIA, but it wasn't KIA. It was murder by David. And so he's got blood in his hands. And there's so much comfort. Deliver me from blood guiltiness. Is it possible? You can't make restitution of a life. How do you repay a life? How do you bring a life back? How do you make it up to his family? Can't. There's only one thing you can do is call upon the God of heaven to forgive. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation. And if you'll do it, my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. You are righteous and I was wrong. O Lord, open thou my lips. If you'll restore my heart, you'll restore my spirit, you'll give me back gladness, and you'll open my lips because I've been unable to speak while groveling in my sin. My mouth shall show forth thy praise. I will praise you if you'll forgive me and renew me. Verse 16, David understood well what repentance is. Thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. Sacrifice and burnt offering was prescribed worship under the Old Testament. But David knew that was not what God was looking for. That's why when we read Isaiah chapter 1 earlier this morning, God said, I am sick of your assemblies. Why are you coming before my presence? Your new moons, your Sabbaths, it all stinks. Because that isn't what God's looking for. God's looking for a broken and a contrite spirit, a broken heart, a humbled man, a crushed man. And David was that man. He said, Lord, I know what you do not desire, and I know what you will not despise. So he says in verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. God will never reject you if you come to him broken, humble, crushed, contrite, sorry, repentant, apologetic for your sins. He'll never turn you away because he does not despise that sacrifice. But he does despise us when we come into his presence and hold the stuff in our hearts. We can sing ever so loudly in parts, enjoying the music. We can be here early and stay late and be at every assembly. But if we've got unconfessed sins in our lives, he does despise that. But if your heart is right, that is what the Lord loves. Did God the Holy Spirit reveal some things to this man, David? That whole system of religion of the Old Testament was based on sacrifice and burnt offerings. But David knew that was not the key to religion. The key to religion is our hearts. And he had a broken one. He had sinned terribly. And he owned up to it. He acknowledged it. He said that God is righteous in whatever you do. You're clear if you judge me. He had the broken heart. Oh God, thou wilt not despise. Sinners, are, you, are there one or two of you here today? Sinners, take comfort. A broken and a contrite heart God will not despise. Everyone else may despise you, but the Lord won't. Isn't that wonderful? Do you remember the woman who it says she was a sinner. She came to Jesus while he sat with Simon the Pharisee at a dinner. Everyone else in the room despised her, but the Lord Jesus Christ didn't.
Because the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't think the way we think. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts higher than our thoughts. Praise the Lord. Sinners, if there's one or two of you here today, Christ receiveth sinful men. Run to Him. He forgives sinners. And the bigger the sinner, the easier it is to forgive and the more they love. Because that's what the Bible teaches. Jesus defended her to that Simon the Pharisee. If you'll read that passage carefully, He looked at the woman, but He cut Simon the Pharisee down to the ground because of that haughty self-righteousness that that man had. Let's keep looking. Two more verses. There's so much that could be said. Forgive me, Lord, for not doing it justice. And hearers, forgive me for not doing it justice. Verse 18. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. What was the most important thing to David? That the house of God, the worship of God, the kingdom of God would be rebuilt. He doesn't say, save my wives, save my children, save my life. He doesn't say that. He says, build up Zion. Advance your kingdom. It's the spiritual mind of a truly repentant person. Their thoughts are on God's kingdom, not on themselves. They know that they don't deserve the next breath. They know that God would be righteous in judging them. In fact, we just sang a song that said, If you were to send my soul to hell, thy righteous law approves it well. And if you have that attitude, God is coming to your rescue. You are humbling yourself before God and He is going to lift you up in due time. And He lifted David up and kept him up. Thank you, Lord, for the comfort. Notice His... His whole spirit and attitude of a repentant man is conveyed in these 19 verses. It's a spiritual mindset. It's a perspective on the kingdom of heaven. He says, Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. If you'll forgive me, if you'll renew me, restore me, I'll praise you, build up Zion, I'll teach transgressors your ways. They'll be converted. Then we'll offer sacrifices. David knew the order. Get your heart right. Then do what God requires in the way of public worship. And so there's Psalm 51 for us. Each verse is full of a truly repentant person's attitude and words. These are the words of repentance. If the words are short of this, The repentance is suspect. And so we should measure ourselves by Psalm 51 and look through it and see all that David says and guide our repentance accordingly. May the Lord bless Psalm 51 to your instruction, but may he bless it to your comfort. Aggravated adultery, aggravated murder, forgiven by the Lord. Restored. Wrote the Psalms, prophesied of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ was called the Son of David because repentance works. Come, let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet. Where David's like scarlet, though they be red like crimson, where David's red like crimson, dripping from his hands, they shall be white as snow and white as wool. David said, You know, if you just read. 2 Samuel chapter 12, you would have these words, I have sinned against the Lord. 
Six words. This is the interpretation. You don't need a commentary written by man. You need a commentary written by the Holy Spirit. When David said, I have sinned against the Lord, this is what he meant. 19 verses of it. If you read just the one passage, you wouldn't get enough. That's why we compare spiritual things with spiritual. And the Lord heard him. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to the comfort of your souls.